Wow. I was out of air, and I thought I was going to die. I was completely out of oxygen in my tank, and I had just gotten into scuba diving just a few weeks um, before this dive, and I'm, I find myself at the bottom of the ocean floor, about 60 feet down, and I remember looking up, and I could see the, 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 the reflection of the sun through the water, and I remember thinking, God, look at my, I looked at my gauges and said, pretty much zero air left, and I thought, that, this is it. This is it. This is the end for me. I was new at scuba diving. I didn't really know. I was inexperienced. I see myself with tons of water above my head. I'm at the very bottom, and I pray, and I said, God, he, here I come. God, just, just take me. This is it. This is the end. Have you ever been in a place like that? Have you ever been somewhere where God just, like he's stretching you? Like he's stretching you beyond, like he's stretching your faith beyond all human limitations. Have you ever been in a place where God took you out of your comfort zone? Where God took you out of that place where you just felt good, where you just felt like, man, things are going good. You're, and then just put you in a, in a different place where you just didn't know. Man, I just don't know, God. I don't know if I have what it takes. I feel unprepared and I feel like I'm running out of oxygen. And the last, the last couple of weeks, we've been doing this series, Pastor Tim has been doing this series, about creating the perfect mix for our faith. Creating the perfect mix. What we've said is that there, there are certain ingredients. There are like five ingredients that God uses in our lives. And, you know, we're not saying that these are the only five things that God likes to use. What we're saying is that when we hear stories of faith, when we talk to people, when we see how God is using them, we hear that there are these things that just pop up. There are these things that are highlighted. And so the first week we talked about audacious faith, how God uses when, when we have this personal encounter with God, he uses audacious faith. The second week, Pastor Tim brought, talked about private disciplines, private disciplines, and then the third was practical teaching. That was last week. And I, I encourage you, if you've missed any of those, man, they have been powerful. Go back and listen to the podcast. They've been incredible. Today, we're going to talk about personal ministry. Personal ministry. And uh, I'll explain that in a minute. But how about we welcome Navar? Would you guys, do, would you guys welcome Navar? Navar, we're so glad that you're, that you're with us today. And uh, welcome our online campus. Would you guys give up our online campus a hand? Man, it is so good. It is so good to have all these people following us. We've had people from Afghanistan. They found out about momentum from Afghanistan. And they've come, and they're, now they're serving. They found momentum here. They're serving. And it's just incredible what God is doing. If you don't know this church, Navarre, man, amazing things have been happening. Last week, we had our highest attendance so far that we've had this year. Had about 349 people. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Sunday in the Sand. You guys remember Sunday in the Sand? We had 58 people get baptized. Isn't that incredible? Had 14 salvations. And I think you can do a little bit better than that. Come on, let's put our hands together. Yes. So, 
So our grand opening, our grand opening is November the 8th, and we are super pumped about that. We're going to have, we're going to be giving away an iPad. We're going to have face painting for the kids and balloon animals, and Kona Eyes is going to be there. So Navarre, we want to encourage you to invite a friend and bring your family. It's going to be an incredible day. And you know what? That's because of you. Each one of you plays an important role in what's happening. And when we open our new campuses, all of us will get to be a part of what God is doing. The glory, we don't get the glory. The glory get, it's, it's God is the one that gets all of the glory. And he, he's the one that we are super thankful to. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. So today we're going to talk about personal ministry. What we found out is that when you... Actually, when, when you do something in your relationship with God that is personal, it's all of a sudden it's just you're, you're at the next level. You're at a different level. Like you can come to church and you can check in and check out like Pastor Tim was talking about a few weeks ago. And that's one thing. That's awesome. And we applaud you for doing that. But there is there's something else that God can do in your life to take you to the next level. We, we call it, we like to call it personal Ministry. It's like God is calling you to do something where you are personally invested in. You're like personally connected to this one thing. Now, I, I, I'll, um, I'll illustrate it like this. There is a couple, there's a family um, that comes to Momentum, and it's uh, Chris and Sean Perdue. And Chris was praying. She, said she's got, she has a heart for teachers. And she was praying, God, I want to do something for teachers, but I, I want to... I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know exactly how it's going to turn out, you know. But I feel like you, you want me to feed our teachers. Man, they do so much for us. They serve our kids in such a big way. It's, such a, it's one of those jobs where you sacrifice so much. And I would love, she said, and she's praying to God, and she's saying, I would love, if I would love if I could feed them and not charge them anything. But God, you know, you know my heart, but you know that finances are tight. And you know that... Man, it's, I don't know that I could provide groceries for all of these teachers. And so she prayed this audacious prayer. She said, God, if you provide for the groceries, I will, I will fix the meals for the teachers. I will serve them. I will minister to them. But would you please, God, would you provide for the groceries? A couple of weeks later, they get a check in the mail. And she was being totally vulnerable with me. She said, you know, Pastor Alex, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really sure what the check was for. Like, we were not expecting it. It was weird. You know, at the moment, it wasn't like God said, "Woo, this is it. This check is for the teachers. No, 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 no. It was, she got the check. And like any of us, it was for a fairly large amount of money. And at first, she was like, whoa. It's awesome, a little bit of extra money. We can, you know, take the kids out to do something or whatever. And then about two weeks later, she realized, said, oh, you know what? She's praying that prayer, right? God, I want to feed the teachers. I want to be able. And all of a sudden, it was like God just put, you remember that check that you just got? You had, they had not um, cashed it yet. She says, you remember that check? That's for the teachers. And she began feeding the teachers at the same time. I had no idea about this story, by the way. At the same time, I'm calling her and I'm saying, Chris, would you, would you think about helping us feed our Navarrean teachers? This last week we fed all of our Navarrean teachers. 
And um, I had no idea what she, I said, we'll pay for the groceries. Don't worry about it. We got that covered. But would you, we just need somebody to guide us and help us. We're doing breakfast. I don't know how to cook. You don't want me cooking breakfast for, for those teachers, you know. And at the same time, Frankie, Pastor Frankie, is asking her if we could feed the teachers here at this elementary school. And all of this is happening. And for her, I want, you to, I want to share with you what she said to me that that Monday, after we fed our, the Navarrean teachers, this, she sent me a text, and she said this. She said, thank you again for giving me, for giving us, she said, an opportunity to serve and love the teachers. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. She said, today was a beautiful blessing. I am grateful for how blessed. Now, watch this. She says, I'm grateful for, grateful for how blessed and how Full my heart feels. I'm I like my heart is just overflowing. That's what we like to call personal ministry. When you when you know God is putting something in your heart, like the preacher's not playing Holy Spirit or anything like that, it's like you know that you know that God is actually putting something in your heart, and you 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 know God stretches you, and but you're obedient and you follow through, and then all of a sudden you see. What God can do. And I believe with all of my heart that there will be teachers in Navarre. I believe that there will be teachers in Milton. I believe that there will be faculty and staff at this school that will get saved. And they will cross over the line of faith because of a simple prayer and a simple act of obedience. And it wasn't just her. It was also her husband. Because she came up to her husband. She said, honey, I know this is a large amount of money, but would you, would, you consider, would you consider praying about this? This is what God has put in my heart. And he was faithful enough to say, absolutely. If God's put that in your heart, we're going to go ahead and do that. That's what we call personal, personal ministry. So, um, um, so we're in Matthew. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 14, okay? Matthew chapter 14. Verse 13, so if you have your, your Bibles, your iPads, iPhones, whatever you brought, turn to Matthew chapter 14. I'm reading from the message translation. So it says this, when Jesus got the news, now if you read prior to verse 13, um, you'll re- realize that these were not good news, okay? Um, do you remember John the Baptist, the guy that baptized Jesus? He was, um, he was basically beheaded, Okay? If you read right before that, King Herod, just real quick, King Herod is having a dinner party. There's this woman that's dancing. And without letting your imagination go too far, she's dancing. And in a lust-filled moment, King Herod says to this lady, she, he says, I will do whatever you ask me. So people are serving dinner. You know, there's dancers all over the place. And in, in, a, in a lust-filled moment, he says to this lady, whatever you ask. I'll give you. And we don't know exactly why, but she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter, on a silver platter. You see those platters that are going around? You see those people that are being, I want the head of John the Baptist on one of those platters. So these are the news that Jesus and his disciples are getting when Jesus got the news. Now, I want you to just kind of pause there for a minute and think about this. Think of the person, if you've been baptized, think of the person that baptized you. Okay, 
I was with uh, Deidre McNeely. We were at a conference coming back. She showed me a picture of Pastor Tim baptizing her when she was in middle school. She had her on her phone. So it's that very personal, very intimate thing. You, like, you remember the person that baptized. I'll never forget that person that baptized me and how special they are. So John the Baptist had just been beheaded. The disciples had just heard. They're probably mourning their, his death. And so with those news, bad news, this is what he decides to do. The Bible says when, when he got the news, he slipped away by boat to an out-of-the-way place by himself. So Jesus, like Pastor Tim has taught us, right, when we were doing the, our private discipline um, uh, um, uh, message, he said, you need to learn to get away. Remember a few weeks ago, he talked on prayer, and he showed us a place where he goes and he prays by himself. That's what Jesus is doing. So Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, he's teaching us, he's modeling this for us, and he's saying, hey, get away. Get away by yourself from time to time. You know, you need to, you need to spend some time. You need to spend some time by yourself with your creator. So, so Jesus, he's stretched. He, um, he, he, he's probably mourning the death of John the Baptist, his good friend. And by the way, John the Baptist was also his cousin. He's a family member. So Mary, Jesus' mom, and Elizabeth, John's, John the Baptist's mom, they were sisters. So with that in mind, I want you to just think of this. They, he slips away by boat to an out-of-the-way place by himself. Listen to this. But unsuccessfully, someone saw him, and the word got around. So they found out. They're going after Jesus because he's the one that can heal miracles. He's the one that can, I just need to get to him. And so all of a sudden, people are just trying to figure out, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And soon, a lot of people from the nearby villages walked around the lake to where he was, and I love this. I love the heart of, of our Lord. And he said, and when he saw them coming, he didn't run away. He didn't try to hide. When he saw them coming, he was overcome with, what's that next word? Help me out. He was overcome with pity. Let's say it again. He was overcome with pity and healed their sick. I love the fact that he runs to people. He goes to people. Nothing wrong with spending time with God the Father. But when people were coming after him, he didn't turn them away. He went to them. Now notice the time frame here. It says, toward even and the disciples approached him. And this is what they said to him. We're out in the country and it's getting late. So he spent all day with them. Dismiss the people. So they can go to the villages and get some supper. So the disciples, a lot of times we give the disciples a hard time, right? Oh, look, look at those disciples. You know, they, they're just sending them away. They don't care about the people. Jesus does, but they don't care about them. But if you put yourself in their place, they were also mourning the death of their friend. They were also, man, I went, um, I went hiking down the Grand Canyon uh, a few days ago. And when you're like, when you go down hiking, by yourself, you bring your food and water. I had about five liters of water. I'm telling you that my backpack was about 30 pounds heavy. And when you're, man, going downhill was crazy how hard that is. And it kind of brought, it made me, it, it gave me a new perspective of the disciples walking with Jesus and literally hiking miles and miles. So they were tired, they were spent, they were hungry. And they don't come to Jesus and say, hey, would you send us away? No, no, no. They said, hey, they're thinking about the people. I love that. 
I love that culture that Jesus built with his disciples. Yeah, they could, it could have been very easy, right? They could have said, hey, would you, would you feed us? Would you, what are, we, what's, what are you going to do about me? But no. He says, hey, the people, they're hungry. They're, they've been with us all day long. Can we send them away? And, of course, Jesus, he, um, he takes us to the next level, and he stretches them. He makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable, and I love this, what he says. But Jesus says, there is no need to dismiss them. You give them supper. What? Are you like, are you in, like, what, what are you asking us to do? Are you crazy? I mean, are you out of your mind? And I love when, you know, God does that to us from time to time. Like, we'll bring, we'll bring something to him, right? Like, okay, God, would you fix this? And God turns it around and he says, no, 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 you fix it. Has he ever done that to you? Like, like, okay, God, um, you know, why don't you, why don't you, like, why don't you do something about poverty? God, like, there's so many poor people in the world. And God, like, he turns it around and he says, why don't you do something about poverty? You know, oh, God, why don't you just save everybody? It would be so much easier if you could just save everybody. He says, no, 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 no. Why don't you tell everybody? Has, has God ever done that to you where you bring him a problem? Maybe it's your marriage, and you're like, okay, God, would you fix my marriage? And he turns it around, and he says, why don't you get some counseling? God, why, I wish I could have that body. I wish I could look like her. I could look like him. And God turns it around, and he says, well, why don't, you, why don't you get some exercise? Why don't you develop that discipline? And so Jesus, he says, very simple, very simple. There's no, um, there's no confusion, right? The message, I mean, it's just... It says, you give them supper. There's, there's, no, there's no way to misinterpret that. There's no way. It's a clear command. There's no room for, you know, like another alternative. You feed them. You go and get them. And what's their reaction? What do they say? They say, let's put it up on the screen. They said, all we have is five loaves of bread. This is it. This is all we have. We have thousands of people following us, and all we have is five loaves of bread. We have two fish. This is it. And that's a lot of times, isn't that what we do? We, like, we focus on, on, on our imperfections. Isn't that what we do? We focus on our limitations. God, this, here's, would you fix my life? Would you do this for me? And God turns it around and says, like, no, 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 you do this. He stretches us. And then we come back and we say, but look at my life. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the relational skills. I don't have this. I don't have that. And God looks at us and he says, no, no, you, you do it. Now, the disciples could have, they could have said something a little bit different. They could have said, absolutely. You want us to feed them? Okay, you, you're the God of the universe. You're the creator of the world. You spoke and the planets began to spin in motion. For goodness sake, you can, you can tell these rocks to turn into bread. No, they focus on their limitations, which is what a lot of times we do, right? You know, the CEO of Pepsi, when he was retiring, he got a bunch of his employees, several hundred of his employees, and he said, I can make the most technological, advanced building, the, the tallest building, the newest building, the most, the fanciest building that you've ever seen. I can make it look like it's about to crumble. I can make it look like it's a piece of junk. All I have to do is grab a camera and focus that. Find a, find a small crack. Find a small crack somewhere in that, in that building and focus that lens on that crack and take that snapshot. So let me ask you, when God asks you to do something, when he challenges you, when he 
kind of gets you out of your comfort zone. What are you focusing on? Like you, you focus on your own strength. You focus on your own limitations. Do you focus on what are you like? Okay, God, I don't, I don't have the talent to do this. You know, you know, I don't have it. I don't have what it takes. You've picked the wrong guy. Listen to what Jesus says, verse eighteen. Let's put up that next verse. He says, "Bring them here." Oh, but Jesus, all we have is five loaves of bread and two fish. This is not enough. What are you, are you out of your mind? What are we going to do? He says, bring them to me. That's what God wants you to do. He just wants you to, whatever you have, like maybe you're here and you're thinking, I don't have the time. God's going to turn around. He says, how much time do you have? Well, I have one hour. Bring it to me. I don't, I don't have I don't have the experience. I only got two years of college. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all I have. And he looked at you and he'll say, how much time do you have? Well, I have, I have two years left. Okay, you got two years left of college? Bring that to me. Bring it to me. Oh, God, I don't, I don't have I don't, I mean, um, community groups, right? Community groups like Pastor Alex. I don't know. God, I don't know. Like if, 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 if I start a community group, like I want to, like God put that in my heart, but if what what if I don't know the answers? Like I don't know the Bible. Like like Pastor Tim knows the Bible. Like what if what if they ask me questions and and, and I don't have a clue what to say? What then? God turns around. And he says, "Well, what do you know? I've only read the Gospel of Matthew. That's it. I'm just beginning on this journey." He says, "Bring it to me. That's all you got. That just bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring them to me. I don't have enough money. How much do you have? Bring it to me." I'm going to ask our host team, if you come forward right now, they're going to put a card in your hands here and in Navarre. If, you, if our host team would come down real quick, and they're going to put a card in your hands, and it's what we call get in the game card, okay? And this is just a, a great opportunity. If you've been coming to Momentum and you're like, you know, you're not in the game yet, there's not like a personal ministry, we want to, we want to encourage you, we want to challenge you to say yes to God. Like, like he's saying yes to you. Why would we say, let's go ahead and pass those out right now. That'll be awesome. You guys grab one of those. If, if I could have one of those, that'd be great. If I could have one of those cards, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. So would you grab this card and would you look at it real quick? Chris Perdue said, she said, she said, my heart is full. She said, my heart, I just cannot tell you how full my heart is. I truly believe, and I hope you get my heart here, okay? I hope you get, okay, that, that what I'm trying to communicate to you today. You will not experience God fully, okay? You will not experience God fully until you experience him personally, so there's something in your life where you feel like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm made for. This is what you have created me for. This is my purpose in life. So if, you, um, if you'll go ahead and grab that card, maybe you're here today and you're saying, okay, parenting. Man, I would love to pray. I would love to be on a part of a team that prays. Man, what? There's nothing greater than prayer. There's nothing greater. I mean, if we don't do anything else at Momentum, but we got prayer down, man, then we got, we got 90% of, 99% of, 
of what's right. And you're, maybe you're thinking, but I, Pastor Alex, I'm not eloquent enough. Like prayer for me, like I don't, I'm not like, like those, some of you guys that pray these eloquent prayers. Well, again, maybe God is saying, hey, can you talk? Okay, bring that to me. Bring it to me. Uh, our host team, for example, if you look, there's a, a, uh, one, of the, one of our teams is a, our host team. And you may be wondering, what, what does a host team, uh, what do they do? Well, they do a lot of things. But one of the things that they do, which is awesome, is they put a Bible, like at the end of our gatherings, when people are raising their hand, right? And, and they're raising their hand because they're saying, I want to step over the line of faith. Like, like all these people here, I don't care, but I want to declare in the name of Jesus that I'm going to give my heart to Him. I'm giving the rest of my life to Him. Our host team are the ones that, that put the Bible in their hands. How awesome is that? That you would have the opportunity to put a Bible, like somebody, that's such a sensitive moment, right? Like somebody is like their hearts are raw, their hearts are like Pastor Tim has said something that has like that they, they feel like, okay, this is it. God, I'm I'm not saying no to you anymore. And they raise your hand and they take that step, and it's you, if you're part of a host team, you get to put a Bible and you get to smile and you get to say, We're proud of you. You're not the same anymore. How awesome is that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe for you is students, like, man, Pastor Alex, I, I have a heart for students, but I don't know if I can relate to them. Or maybe it's kids. All that God wants from us is our availability. What do you have? What do you have? He's asking you today. So this is what I want you guys to do. Would you take a minute? Would you take a minute right now? We're going to open up a little space here in our, in our message. And would you write down on the back, would you put your name down and your email and would you choose the top two things that you would like to do? Like if, if there's something that like, and when you're doing this, I want you to ask this question. God, how would you like me to build your kingdom here on earth? God, how can I, God, what can I do? And, and you may have questions. And what we'll do just so, so to make it very simple, we'll give you a call. Okay. If you have questions, man, we will. We, not that we know all the answers, but we will. We will work with you. We'll explain to you what the teams do. What you know. And so, if you have a heart for a particular area, I want you to go ahead and just write your name, write down what it is, and then we'll get in touch with you. And as you're doing that, as you're doing this, I want to tell you a story. Feel free. You don't have to be looking this way or anything. You can be writing something down. I want to tell you just a quick story as you're thinking and processing what it is that God wants you to do. And we're going to put those cards at the end uh, of the gathering in, the, in our giving buckets, okay? So about two months ago, this family comes to our church, comes to Momentum, and they, um, they come in and they put their kids in, their, in our kids' environments. The dad sits down in the gathering, mom, and, um, and they just come. We don't really know much about them. We have not really uh, talked to them a whole lot. You know, we didn't, I, we didn't find out until later that the, the dad was uh, dealing with depression. Uh, their marriage was crumbling. They, um, he, was, um, he, was, uh, uh, he was struggling with alcohol. We didn't know any of that, okay? He was, he was a little bit suicidal. He had just thought some so- thoughts of, like, suicidal thoughts. They come in. They sit through our gathering. Their kids are in the kids' environments, and then they leave. 
and we don't see them again for, let's say, four, five, six weeks. They come back again. Now, we didn't know any of this, okay? They come back. Later, we find out that the kids had been begging the parents, bring, we want to go back to church. We want to go back to church. And I don't know if you, if you had kids, but like my kids, like when they want something, they're going to get it, okay? Like they, they don't quit. They don't believe in quitting. And so they, they go after the parents week after week after week. And about, I think it was about the fifth or the sixth week, parents come back again. Put the kids in the kids' environments. They sit out in, in, the, in, the, in the gathering. And at the end, we give the invitation. And the dad poof, raises his hand. I remember looking at him. I remember, like, like his eyes. Man, they were like, I mean business. Like, this is it. This is what I've needed. He raises his hand. The next Sunday, they get baptized. Okay. The next Sunday, we find out, or actually a couple of weeks later, we find out that they're on fire for God. And now it's been about 60, if I'm not mistaken, 60, 65 days that he's been sober. Isn't that, incre- isn't that incredible? Come on, I think you can do a little bit better. I think you can do a whole lot better. Navarre, you can do a, little, a lot better than that, too. So today, if you see someone, if you see someone wearing an orange Momentum Kids shirt, please thank them. Please go out of your way to say thank you for investing. You're not just investing in the, just the kids. This is not, we're not just babysitting kids, okay? You're investing in the lives of people. And now we can say that today there's a family. There's a family with a dad. There are three children that have a dad who's whole, who's alive, because he gave his life to Christ. And we can say that there's a family that's on fire for God. There's a family that has been redeemed and rescue from the attacks of the enemy because we have volunteers who get the vision. We have volunteers who know how important it is to make our kids' environments fun and exciting. You want to make a difference. Like you want your, like do you, why are you here? Why are you here? Why has God put you where he's put you? Man, I just want to give my life to him. And I say, okay, God, you use me. You know, the role, the role is not as important as the goal, right? Yeah. The goal is to make a difference in people's lives. The role, you pick the role, God. You pick it. So I, ch- I just challenge you. Would you grab that card and maybe think about how God can use you? He can use you. He can use you today. You don't have to wait. You know, there are churches where you have to wait, like you have to be a member for a year. I was talking to a friend of mine at a conference this last week, and like at their church, like if you want to serve, you want to serve God and be a volunteer, you know, do that. Like you have to go through this whole process and wait for at least a year before they let you, you know, you can start serving him today. That's, I love, I love, that's the heart of, of momentum. Uh, so, so we're going to finish up the story. If you don't get anything else, I hope you get this. Let me tell you what happens next. I'm, I need some, some help, okay? So I'm going to ask a few. Pastor Frank, would you come up here for a second? And Kenny, I want you to come up real quick. Chris, would you come just real quick? And um, let's see. Would you give me a hand? You guys are going to be the disciples, okay? And I'm going to tell you what happens next in the story. I need, let's see, one, two, three. Um, Chris, would you mind coming up here? And you're like, oh, why did I have to sit up here? <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, so so we're going to say, um, come over here, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, you're going to be Jesus. <laughs> Imagine that. Your family knows better. <laughs> All right, so this is what I want you to do. Kenny's going to give you some 
the, the loaf of bread, okay? So, so Jesus had, and as you, you're going to break it, and you're going to give it to each one of the disciples, okay? You guys, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Awesome. So here they are, thousands of people, okay? Thousands of people. Um, there's only five loaves of bread. Can you break it? Go ahead and just break it and give it to each one of the disciples. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Good deal. What did you do? Did you just like... Sp- <laughs> they had five loaves. You got to use all five loaves, Jesus. <laughs> Stingy Jesus. <laughs> all right. Don't eat it, Chris. I saw that. So you have, so you have the disciples. They're given something, right? They have this bread, Okay. Again, the miracle had not happened yet. Again, they had been hiking for miles. They're tired. They're sweaty. They're mourning the death of their good friend. What did they do? What did they do at that point? The bread is in their hands. If it would have been me, man, like, like man, I just want to eat a little bit of it, right? I'm starving. Okay. Like that would be that would be what would be that's what would be natural, right? You guys, give him a hand real quick. Thank you, guys. You can keep that. You can keep the bread if you want. So, so what what did they do when with what they had been given? I'll tell you what they did. Let me let me tell you what they did with by illustrating this real quick. So, going back to the scuba diving experience, find myself at the very bottom of the ocean floor. 60 feet down, what had happened was the previous day I had lost my anchor. I was, some, I was with some of, the, some of our guys here um, from our team, and we were, um, we were pretending to, we were going to go fishing, okay? And we dropped the anchor. The, the current was so strong. We couldn't, long story short, we lost it. So the next day I thought, you know, I'm like, I'm sure that anchor, the anchor is about $350. And I'm like, I'm sure I can find, I'm sure I can find that anchor, and so I get all of my scuba diving gear, put all of my stuff. I did not tell anybody, which was really bad of me. And I'm thinking, okay, that anchor's got to be at least 200 yards from the shore. So I get in the water, and I start going. I had about 1,800 PSI of oxygen. And I'm going, about halfway, I, like, stop to make sure that there's no current. Okay, like I knew like the current could be pulling me and because I felt like I was going pretty fast, you know, and I'm like, okay, stop, slow down. Like I looked, I'm at the very bottom so I can see the, the sand. It's a good point of reference. Okay, there's no current. So I keep going. And in my mind, I'm thinking once I hit a thousand, I started at 1800 PSI of oxygen. Once I hit a thousand, I'm going to make a U-turn. So I have a little bit of extra about a little bit of room, okay, in case something happens. So I hit a 1,000, and if you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm like, I'm sure the anchor's got to be right there. So I keep going. 900, 850, 800, no anchor, okay? And I'm thinking, oh, man, I have to make a U-turn. I'm not going to be able to get it. You know, it's all good. I turn around, make a U-turn, start heading back. And I'm swimming, I'm going at it, and I see that the sand is not moving. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? And I start kicking really, really hard. And I'm just going at it with as hard as I can. 
and like I'm, I'm not moving. What had happened is the current started pulling me to the Gulf of Mexico. And I started panicking. And I don't, I don't usually panic with these things, but I'm telling you, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. This is not, this is not happening to me. What in the world? And I started going even harder and harder. And I go, my tank goes from 800 to 700 in literally like seconds. From 700 to 600 to 500, it, 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 I don't know. It felt like everything was slowing down. But it, it, it didn't, it must have been maybe less than a minute, less than two minutes. Go 150 50 PSI, and I see that noodle go all the way down to zero. And at that point, what do you do if you're at the very bottom of the ocean and you're like out of oxygen? Well, duh, right? You do what you know you're supposed to do, right? You go up. Why did you wait that long to go up? Well, I was in the middle of the Pensacola Passway where the, all of the boats come in and out. And I, my, in my mind, I thought, if I come up, I run the risk of a boat running me over. So that's why I was waiting until the very last little bit of oxygen so I could be closer into the shore. But at that point, once that needle hit zero, I knew I could only do what I was supposed to do. And so I began to go up. I inflate my BC, which is kind of like a life jacket that you have, inflate it, and I started shooting up. And that's when I prayed. That's when I remember because it took forever to get it. So 60 feet doesn't sound like long, but it, for me at that point, it felt like an eternity. I remember going up and saying, okay, God, this is it. You know, it's, it's over. Take me into your hands. What do you do when God puts something in your hands, like we did today, when God puts an opportunity? What do you do? You do what God has taught you to do. You do the only thing that you know how to do. In the case of the disciples, let's put up that verse one more time. It says, the day the disciples then gave the food to the congregation. They didn't take it. They didn't eat it. They did not hide. They gave it away. They did not see the miracle until they gave that away imagine imagine if everybody that came to momentum would be on a serve team imagine what would happen if every everybody that came to momentum would pray imagine if for every student that we had we had a mentor somebody who was willing to pour their time and their faith and and their experience into into their lives imagine if we had volunteers so on fire for god with a burning desire to serve the Lord, imagine if we had volunteers who would be so on fire for God that they would be willing to pass their faith down to the next generation, which is the now generation. How would our community look? Imagine if you knew, if you knew without a shadow of a doubt, and I'm not talking about the person in front of you, I'm not talking about the person behind you, or next to you. Imagine if you knew that God's hand was on you as you were building his kingdom that can become a reality today you don't have to imagine look if you're serving right now or maybe there's a time where you served and then you, you're taking a break taking breaks from time to time is helpful but don't don't remain there because it's like a like a, like a coal of fire right like you remove that coal from the fire and It'll go, at first it's still hot. If you hold it in your hand, then you're burning, right? But eventually it gets cold. So take breaks from time to time. That's, that's helpful. You know, we're not going to give you a guilt trip. Serve, serve, serve. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about living a healthy life. 
But if you're not serving right now and you have not been serving for months, get in the game. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?